The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at karm.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. If, as usual, you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276 and we can blab. Really easy to do. And uh, we have four open lines, so once you do that, hey, we got something new going. So if you were to go to the CARM.org website, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G, it's not this big a deal, but it's big for us, not for you guys. But if you go to the big box that has my face there with the microphone, Matt Slick Live, you click on that, then... Um, It'll take you to another page. And at the bottom, we have the Rumble uh, link now. It's like YouTube, except it's Rumble. So it's going to Rumble, and uh, you can check it out. Uh, we're doing that because the uh, Gestapo mentality at uh, YouTube, you know, you, you can't say certain things or they're going to penalize you. Like you can't say that uh, the the Wuhan virus, uh, you know, caused COVID came from China. Watch, I might get uh, banned for saying that, just right there, because, uh, you know, and I don't trust the uh, the vaccine person, is my opinion. You take it if you want, that's fine. So stuff like that, and we'll see what happens if YouTube says, nope, you can't talk like that. You cannot express your opinion about things like that, because this is a free uh, constitutional republic. Oh, no, they say democracy, and we don't allow uh, disinformation. Well, what's disinformation? It's whatever we say it is. So uh, we'll see how that goes. That's where we're going to rumble. And if you want to check it out, you can. The link is there. Four open lines, 877-207-2276. I was on ABN Sat TV uh, for an hour and a half today, and we discussed uh, the issue of America basically turning its back on God. America dishonors God. And I prepped it. I had a lot of notes. We didn't even get to most of my notes. We just discussed mainly the issue of homosexuality, LGBTQ, all that stuff, and uh, the, the, the bad stuff that goes along with it. So, hey, there you go. Just being busy. So why don't we just jump on the air? Let's see. We've got, uh, let's see. I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name. Aeneas from Florida. Welcome. You are on the air. Hi. You, you said my name right. Oh, I did? Um, Oh, I'm blessed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Not a lot All of right. people do. Um, Aeneas. What kind of name is that? It's interesting. It's Cuban. It's Cuban? Do you speak yeah, Spanish? Cuban. Do you speak Spanish? I do. Oh. Oh, pero hablar contigo, because uh, nacido para dedicarme a español. Mm. Uh -huh. oh, good. Okay. So what do you got? Um, I've been questioning my salvation okay. um, I have a question that kind of pops into my head regularly these days which is how do I know Jesus is who he says he is and it's kind of a two-part question um, okay. you know how in how Daniel prophesied that the Messiah would come into um, Jerusalem you know, on the 14th mm -hmm. of Nisan, on, I don't remember the exact year, and Jesus did that. And my understanding is that's when he announced that he 
is the Messiah. Mm-hmm. But so how could the thought that keeps on creeping into my mind is well, couldn't Jesus? Wouldn't he have known the scriptures and he just timed it? Because I, I know he fulfilled prophecy, but. I don't sure know. I almost, and I hate asking these questions because I no, do consider okay. myself a Christian, but it just it creeps up every now and then. Well, um, of course, he could have timed it. No problem. See, in Daniel nine, incidentally nine twenty four through twenty seven, it talks about the the time duration from the command to rebuild Jerusalem, which was May fourteenth, four forty five B.C., until the time of the coming of the Messiah, will be hundred. You know, how many weeks, you know, six, nine weeks and seven days, seven weeks. And so it's 173,880 days. And that just happens to be the day that Jesus came into the, to the, um, you know, to Jerusalem on the donkey. He could have been aware of that and said, okay, now's the time. And it would fit if he was God in flesh because he would know exactly when. And he just did what was supposed to be done at that time. He, however, you know, Micah 5, 1 and 2, from you, Bethlehem, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you will go forth from me, one who's uh, going or from long ago, from days of eternity, talking about the Messiah. And so he, could he have controlled his birth if he wasn't God in flesh? And also the lineage and uh, the means of crucifixion, of death, which is Psalm 22, which is written 1000 BC and describes piercing the hands and the feet and casting lots for the garments and the bones aren't broken. And uh, that was prophesied 1000 BC, 600, uh, 400 years before crucifixion was invented. So if Jesus is going to f- purposely fulfill walking in to Jerusalem or coming in uh, that one day, would he also then say, hey, I've got to fulfill this one. I've got to go get crucified and uh, do it on the, on the on Passover day and arrange that as well. That would have been far more difficult to do. And who would want to get crucified since it's a horrible means of death and there's other things the virgin birth which he couldn't have controlled uh, Matthew one twenty five, and other things so you know that makes sense yeah yeah thank you um, and then yeah that does make a lot of sense yeah. um, and I and, and the reason why I question my salvation is why am I even asking it you know is it demonic why why did he stop cynical thoughts pop into my head um, questioning well it's because you're a human being and you think and you wonder there's nothing wrong with that and uh, no it doesn't mean you're not saved it just means you're going wait a minute could he have set that up and of course he could have yeah it doesn't mean it's not a prophecy though some people will tell me well you know Jesus has made it look like he fulfilled all these things well, okay, some he could have, and some he couldn't have. So what do we do? Okay. We only look at the ones he could have? Oh, see, therefore he's not who he said he was. Well, if we do that, let's do the other side of the coin. Let's look at the ones he could not have fulfilled, and they were about him. Well, then that means mm-hmm. he is true, right? Okay. Oh, we can't accept that. Well, wait a minute. Why the why the uh, the hypocrisy? Why say you, you accept one and don't, not another? Why the inconsistency? You see? Okay. That helps. Um, and then the other part is, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus says his sheep hear his voice and yep. and, and know him. Yes. How do I know if them. I know, yeah, knows that, how do I know that that Jesus knows me personally? How can I say that I have a personal relationship with him and hear mm-hmm. his voice? Sometimes it's 
doesn't necessarily feel personal. And I worry he'll say, you know, get away from me. I never knew you, which is mm-hmm. my biggest fear. Well, that's a good fear. I'm glad you're afraid of that. And I'll tell you why. Um, let's say that you and I are in a nice, really nice yacht and, uh, with our spouses and stuff and we're whatever we're talking and and uh it's a stormyish kind of windy day and waves and all of a sudden you know 50 feet off the bow is uh are two guys in street clothes of all things struggling in the water there's no boat we don't understand uh what would happen but hey we have that life preserver that ring and we tie a rope to it and throw it out there as far as we can it just lands about five feet from them and um one of them is really struggling and he's trying to make it. And we're yelling, come on, grab it, grab it. And the other guy is face down in the water. He's not doing anything. So here's a question. Which one of them is alive? Well, obviously it's the one who's struggling. Dead people in their sins don't worry about these things. Don't struggle about these things. Struggle is a sign of life. The fact that you're worried about this is... That's why I say, oh, I'm glad. And I don't mean glad because I want to see you in discomfort. I say glad because you're the one in the water struggling. That means you're alive. And I've done done the same thing. I've talked to countless people over the years. The same thing. And they're taking what Christ says seriously. How do I know? Well, you wouldn't take it seriously if you were dead, if you weren't awake. Okay. And so you're wondering. So let's look at uh, Matthew 7, 22 and 23. Many will say on that day, to me on that day, that's the day of judgment, okay? Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What? Wait, they're doing good things. In his name, they're casting out demons, performing miracles, they're prophesying even. And he never knew them. Get away from me. Now, are you worried about being in that group? You know, never knew you. Are you? Well, I mean, I worry, but I also don't go around performing, you know, these huge acts in his name. That's okay. Now, notice what they're appealing to. Lord, Lord, this is on the Day of Judgment. Look at what we did. Doesn't that mean we're okay with you? He says, get oh, away yeah. from me. Nothing we can do. That's right. They're appealing to their faith and their works. So let me ask you. Do you believe in Christ and your works will get you to heaven? No, only Christ. There's nothing I can do. You got that right. You got that right. You and I are identical. We got nothing to offer him. No good in us at all. Except Even if I don't go around preaching the gospel and feeding the poor and, you know, even if, if I you, don't do all those things, if you, I, don't I know those. I don't need to, but... Uh. Well, I don't do those things. I don't go feed the poor and I don't um, go around preaching the gospel, at least door to door. I don't do that kind of thing. I do things differently. But you see... You know, sometimes moms, I don't know if you're a mom or whatever, some moms I stay am. at home. Okay. Well, some moms stay at home and raise kids. And they're not out there feeding the poor. They're not out there doing the door-to-door thing. But instead, what they're doing is raising godly children 
which is an incredible work, an incredible ministry. And I have never liked it that sometimes women who stay home and take care of kids are somehow belittled as though their work before God is somehow less than, say, the husband pastor who's preaching. Because that's not true. You know, women need to be, uh, they ought to, not because we should, because we think it's good, but because in the eyes of God, the idea of raising godly children, that the privilege and the work that moms are so good at is an incredible ministry, it's an incredible thing. And so if, if that's what you're doing, and you're not out feeding the poor, well, you're doing what God's called you to do where you are at. And okay. at other times, you know, um, maybe you could, you and your, your, I assume your husband and all that, but I mean, you could talk about uh, having an extra $100 that you're going to spend. And you're at a grocery store and you see someone who needs something and, you know, you just say, hey, I'll pay for it. And that's feeding the poor, incidentally. You can sign up for something. I want to do the wounded warriors thing and uh, sign up and help them and and stuff, you know, and we can do things. But you're on the right track because you're concerned. Dead people, okay. don't worry about that. And you already have gotten it right. It, you're not out there doing stuff in order to be saved because you, you don't have anything. So here's the thing. And I'm gonna, we'll get back to the break. We'll talk about this. I'm going to ask you a question now, and you can tell me if you want after the break, if you're still on. Do you believe you're justified by faith alone in Christ alone? And if you want to hold, I'll ask you that after the break, okay, if you want. Hey, folks, we've got to go. There's the the break, and we have four open lines if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. Okay, Amias, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. All right, I just wanted to ask you, you know, I don't know if you've got time. It's okay to talk a little bit more, but um, do you believe that you're made right before God by faith alone in what Christ did on the cross alone. Yeah. Okay. I'm only saved by what Jesus did. That's right. Not my works. So you certainly sound like you're a saved person who's just thinking and wondering about things, which is okay. And the fact that I doubt doesn't mean that... Because um, part of my... My fear is that, because I believe God predestined us and called us, that we can only be saved if if God called us to be saved. Could I possibly not be called? And that's why I'm searching and not hearing, not finding. I don't hear his voice. He only makes born again those whom he has called. Now, we know that he's called people. Those whom he's called, he's predestined. And our foreknowledge is also predestined right Romans 8, 29, and 30. In Ephesians 1, 4, those whom he chose, uh, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So that's the calling, all right, the choosing. In Acts thirteen forty eight, it says, as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. 
1 Corinthians 2.14 says the natural man cannot receive. He doesn't believe. He cannot receive the things of God for their foolishness to him. So let me ask you, do you affirm the doctrine of the Trinity that God exists as three eternal, simultaneous, co-power, uh, co-powerful persons in one being, one God, the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Do you affirm that? Yes, I can't explain the Trinity, but yeah, what you just said. Okay. Good. And how about Jesus? Uh, he's he's both God and man, right? You affirm that? Yes, he's God and flesh. Good. And he died on the cross and rose from the dead three days later, right? Yes, and people witnessed it. Yeah. Perfect. And you are you already affirmed that justification is by faith alone in Christ alone. Those are the things that are the spiritual essentials. You cannot believe and accept them. You can be intellectually aware of them, but but believing them, and you know if you believe them, that's what God mm-hmm. does. You see, God grants that you have faith, Philippians one twenty nine, and the faith that he grants you is the faith in Christ, John 6.29. You have it all. You are just a sinner, like everybody else. Yeah, well, you, I, you go, I feel like I'm an enemy of God, like I'm... I always feel like I'm an enemy of Jesus. I don't go around feeling his love and, you know, abiding in his peace and his joy. Well, that could be... That could be because there's a sin thing in your life. That's one possibility that's not repented of. It could also be that there are family members uh, praying for you, like Mormons, Catholics, who are involved in false gods, and there could be an oppression around you. Uh, It could also be that God is simply uh, letting you refine your faith by facing these issues so that you finally have to get to the point where you say, is it or is it not what I believe in? And you finally come up and say... Yeah, it is. And I went through this. It took five years for me to get through this. Okay. And after I did, I realized that, yes, it came down to everything. Yeah, I do believe. I I honestly do believe in Christ and who he said and what he was. And I don't need that constant feeling of his presence. I know he's there. And so one of the things for me, and I'm not saying this for you, but for me was I didn't need then to have that constant thing of feeling it because my feelings okay. were, were, were tripping me up. And I realized, wait a minute, the Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, Romans 12 talks about that. It doesn't say be transformed by the, renew- by the renewing of your feelings. And I think there's something to mm. that. I think he okay. wants us to think these things through. And, and it says, love the Lord to God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He wants our minds involved. And so what we have to do is trust in him and realize that our feelings are up and down. I mean, you know, you're, you're married, right? I mean, uh, are well, there days? Divorced, yeah. oh, you, okay, you're divorced. Well, there, if you remember back, I'm sure there were days when you felt you loved him and other days where it's like, who is this guy? I feel nothing. And yeah. the, because feelings are fleeting, they're up and they're down and they're back and forth. I learned, don't trust them. I trust what Jesus did, I trust what the Word of God says, and I trust it beyond my ability to understand and comprehend. And when I get a feeling that is counter to it, I dismiss it, because I know what's in my heart, and it's not okay. the truth. I trust well, externally, I, I trust Christ's Word. Okay. Yeah. Well, I used to not believe, and now I believe. I mean, it was yeah. like night and day. I know yeah. that's not of myself. Good. I just 
And maybe it's that I don't do well with feelings in general. But, I, but, you know, when people say that they were saved when they surrendered themselves to Jesus and immediately they were transformed, I haven't gone through that type of surrender. I don't know what that means or what that looks like. And, you know, and I worry that it's just in my mind and not like a head thing, not a heart thing. Well, you got to remember that you know two people can walk out into two different storms. Uh, one, you're on the edge of the storm; it's a slight mist. It might take two hours to become drenched. Another person can walk out into a, uh, a, a the same storm, you know, uh, in a different location and be drenched in seconds. And okay. you know, we don't compa- we don't compare. Well, you know, it took me two hours, and it took you two seconds. Well, which is better? Neither. So don't judge your spirituality by what others have experienced. That's taking your eyes off of Christ. For some people, what he does, what God does, is he lambasts them, sandblaster, earthquake, hurricane, because that's what he wants to do. Other people, they gradually work and become saved. I had a friend in seminary. He told me how he got converted. He said he was at a church, and he went forward, received Christ, prayed the prayer, and he was sincere. He walked back to his seat and said, I don't feel anything different. Nothing. He did. He noticed nothing different. He goes, eh, I guess it didn't work. And um, next morning he got up and his buddy called him up and said, hey, you want to go smoke a joint? And he says, no. And that shocked him because he would never would have mm. said no. And he goes, why did I say no? And he realized, wait a minute, I don't want to. Why is that? And that's how he knew he was saved. Yeah, that sounds like what happened to me. Yep. Okay, that's okay. But it, what it is it, so far is you have the belief and understanding of those spiritual things that the Bible says the unbeliever cannot have. And the reason you have that faith and that's because God granted it to you. There's the truth that you need to, to rest on. Take your feelings in this context and these doubts, put them in a Ziploc and put them in the freezer, get, get rid of them. But, okay. you know, I mean, feelings are good. You know, I'm not knocking that. But I'm just saying, don't don't look at those as the thermometer of your spirituality. Look at it, am I being transformed by the renewing of my mind? And in fact, yeah. let me read this to okay. you. This is what uh, Colossians 3 says. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand. Let your mind, set your mind on the things above and the things on the earth. That's what he tells us to do. I'll tell you what, I'll put you on hold. If you want to take off, go ahead, take off. We'll talk to you afterward or not. It's up to you. Hey, folks, I hope she still holds if she wants to. May the Lord bless you. We have four open lines, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. It's the bottom of the yard. I just want to let you know that for the month of December, what we're doing is having a matching funds drive. And we do need your support. If you'd be so kind as to consider that, you could go to karm.org forward slash donate. And everything you need is right there. And whatever you donate, whatever thing new comes in, a donor uh, will match it. So if you donate 10, it'll become 20. If you donate 50, it'll become 100. 
And we do need that. It is very helpful, particularly at this time of the year and in this economy. And what we're asking for people to do is, if they'd be so kind, to consider supporting us at $5 a month. It's not much. And you may think it doesn't make any difference. Uh, that's exactly what we don't want anybody to think. It does make a difference. Every little bit does help, particularly when we are having to, let's just say, squeeze the belt and do what we got to do. Uh, and that's just how life is sometimes. You know that. So please consider supporting us. And if you can't do it financially, uh, please consider doing it prayerfully. We definitely need that. Want some prayers. We need some prayers in order to expand God's kingdom and to do his will and hopefully get the word of truth out in the church and outside the church for his glory. Let's get back to Aeneas. Are you still there? I am. Okay. All right. Well, did you have anything you else you wanted to add, or any concerns, or is what I said help you at all? This has really helped. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, I just I hope it's not demonic influence um, that's making me doubt or question anything. Well, that's a difficult thing to to fathom because how could a demonic influence make you doubt? It can't get in your brain because you can't be possessed by demonic force. But you can bring people or situations that make you doubt. But it, it sounds to me like you're just you're just wondering, you're just reading, you're just thinking, and you're, you're making your faith your own. You're going through yeah. the stuff, and that's okay. I just really want it really bad, and I want to make sure I have it. it sounds to me like you have your salvation and your faith and your trust in Christ. Are Are you going to church? I am. Um, you know, I'm, I'm struggling a little with finding a, a church that I can connect with. I've found two biblical churches, but I'm not finding the the connection, the community that I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And then you got to start caring for people and liking them. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. You know, yeah, when you have Aspergers yeah. like me, that's tough. What's that? Yeah, I'm not very. I'm not very social. I'm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Single and at my age, everyone else is married. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't really connect with a lot of people in church. And also, you know, my ideal church would be sort of like first century church where we're doing life together and we're getting together all the time, doing things together. And where I live, it's kind of like you show up on Sunday and, you know, they have mom groups in the yeah. middle of the week during the day, but I work. You know, and then they have a couple groups, yeah. but I'm single, so it's tough. Yeah, it is. And um, I, I can understand because my wife has medical issues, so we haven't been to church hardly at all in the past uh, six, eight months. And so we're out of that realm. And so we need a, a church that has special needs abilities, you know, like a couch, not a couch, but a recliner she could sit at, and that would be embarrassing for her. You know, so there's sit mm. situations, and and so I find a lot of fellowship online. And for me, it's that's the season that we're in right now, and it seems to be uh, meeting the need. And and um, but uh, now that I'm thinking about it. I need to spend more time with her on Sunday, and and uh, you know, if it's church time because she listens to sermons and stuff, and and stuff. Yeah. I need to do that more. But that's what it is. So what we do is we put our eyes on Christ. We move forward. We ask him to uh, meet our needs. And sometimes it just takes a while. And sometimes, this is a lot of people don't know this. You might say, Lord, find me a church that will be good. And he might be saying to you, I will, while I change you to fit that church. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So be ready to I be like changed. Sure, it's okay to say. And then you, the problem now is now you got to learn how to love them because that's what Jesus does with you. It's like, oh man, this is tough. And yeah. uh, that's what you got to do. You just do it because it's okay. what's right, what God wants. Okay? Yeah. All right. Oh, All right. Okay, amigos. Well, hasta luego. Hasta luego. Chao. <laughs> okay. Well, God bless. Call back any time, okay? Thanks. All right. I will. Okay. I listen good. to you all the time. Okay. Oh, good. That just shows how smart you are. Good, good, good. All right. <laughs> all right. Bye. <laughs> okay, we'll see you. God bless. All right. That was a good conversation. I'm glad she called. That was good. Let's get on the air with, I guess, Diva from Virginia. Welcome. You're on the air. Yes. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm fine. I get the privilege of talking to people online and preaching the gospel and teaching and answering questions. So I'm blessed. Well, I just wanted to call in. I literally was dialing the number. I was driving home from work. But I said, oh, I pray that I get through to this man because I have got to tell you something. A few weeks ago, something was going on with my radio in my car, and I ended up on this station. And ever since I've ended up on this radio station, I have become so emotionally spiritually addicted to the messages that not just you, but the other people on this radio station bring forth to the community. Now, I will tell you this. I did praise and worship for years. I went to a specific church for years, but I have learned more from this radio station than I have learned in the last three years. Well, let me tell you, I know the owner of the station setup. Well, you got to turn your, your uh-huh. radio down because you get a feedback. And uh, okay. Stu Epperson, he's the guy who owns, he does a couple of commercials and stuff, and I've met him. And let me tell you, he's a godly man who really wants to honor the Lord through this uh, venue called radio. And so I don't know if it's really good that he has me on or if his judgment is really lacking and he's desperate and has someone like me on. I haven't decided that one yet. Ah. But uh, he is a man of God who wants to honor him, and uh, I can tell you that about him. You know, I can call him up anytime I want, and we can talk, and I've met him more than once, and he's just got a heart for the Lord. So praise God that he has raised up a man like Stu uh, to do radio uh, stuff and allow people like me and others to be able to preach and teach and answer questions. So praise God. Well, the radio station is such a blessing. I absolutely love it. And every time I get in my car, if even if one of my children changed the station, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Go back. Go back. <laughs> so thank That's cool. you so much. I appreciate you guys. Well, good. But I'll tell you, if you listen to me very long, you'll find you, there's some things you won't agree with me about. Okay? That's well, what always happens. To be honest, to be honest, you have said some things that were shocking. But mm-hmm. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I get why you say certain things that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, you know, God has given me the gift of discernment, and I absolutely love everything that you talk about. And it makes sense. I understand it, and I get it. I get it. Well, good. That's what I tell people. Yeah. Always check uh, check what I say, because you don't want to tr- trust a guy in a radio named Slick, okay, which is my <laughs> real name, too. 
That's my real name. It's not and a radio. Diva is my real name. And Diva is. <laughs> I love that. That is my real that, name. <laughs> that is awesome. See, I get a kick out of people's names because of my last name. That, and my wife's first name is French, and it's Anique. And no one yeah. knows how, you know, it's, it's, we, we, you know, anyway, it's cool. I like it. So people yeah. make fun of my name. The Donna says in the chat, Mr. Slickster and uh, stuff like that. <laughs> and they've been saying you've been, uh, what was it? Slictionated. Yeah. Bill, this caller's. Slictionated. Oh, I like that. Yeah. They make, make up words and stuff. We do that. We have, uh, we actually have on my website a slictionary. Instead of a dictionary, right. it's a slictionary and we you know, make up stupid words. We have fun. But there you well, go. I'm glad you're listening. Show. Thank you. You know what would be great if you were to email them at the station at truthnetwork.com and just say, "Man, you know, hey, thanks for what you do and 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 uh, for the Lord, it'd be great." I They'd will. Love that. I will absolutely do that. And to the young lady that you were just speaking to before me, I love you, girl. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've actually had people. We have nobody waiting right now, so we're you know. We've actually had people uh, who've listened to the radio show and have they, they come into the chat. They become friends, and um, this is you know I've been in radio for eighteen years. This has happened many times, and um, so it's you know, a nice little community of people. The ones who actually can gather around the stupidity that I teach, uh, they're, they're desperate people. So they they, they usually blend yeah. really well. Okay. Well, I absolutely love it, and. I- I can actually, I was relating actually with some of the stuff that she was talking about, but I had to get with my inner self, and just like what you were saying, there's really nothing you can do here on earth that's going to get you in heaven, but I had to make sure that I had that personal relationship with Christ, that one-on-one relationship with Christ myself, and just like you were saying about the guys in the water... I we love gotta, the way you put that. Well, Diva, I, I, love, I love that. Yeah. But we we got a break. we got to get going. So, hey, thanks for calling. Okay, God bless, all right? No problem. Thank you. All right. God bless. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, I want to welcome back to the show. We have nobody waiting right now if you want to give me a call. We've had kind of an interesting uh, set of couple of discussions so far. The ladies really enjoy that. And if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. And I uh, just want to remind you that we're having a matching, uh, matching funds drive, end of year matching funds drive. If you like what you hear in this ministry and on the air and you want to see it stay and you want to support this ministry, please consider some, uh, just donating to us. $5 a month is what we ask. All you got to do is go to karm.org forward slash donate. And everything you need right there. You can si- sign up and then you can quit whenever you want. We have $5 a month. It's not too much. We hope you'd consider doing that. All right. So today it was on ABN Sat TV. And um, we had uh, Eddie Delcor on and Pastor uh, Vance. Uh, he moderated, not moderated, just kind of emceed it. And we had a discussion on uh, America uh, dishonoring God. And we used Romans 1 18 through 32 as a kind of a text to go through. We spent uh, an hour and a half discussing uh, the issue mainly of LGBTQ marriage redefining and things like that. 
But there are other issues uh, in the decline uh, of our country and how America is dishonoring God. So I did some research, and here's some of the stuff I found out. In 2009, there were 233 million people in the United States. At that time, 77% said they were Christian. So that's what they said uh, in 2009. Well, I think it was like 10 years later, it was an increase of 23 million people to 256 million people, and 65% said they were Christian. So it's down uh, a decrease of 12% in about 10 years. Now that's really bad. The nons, non-religious, has grown by 30 million over the past decade. There has been an increase uh, in population of Muslims and Mormons. I think Roman Catholic Church is also growing. Uh, these are also signs of, of you know, they're not good. And uh, a quarter of the United States adults now say they never attend church. That's interesting. All right, so here's another area that uh, is, is a, a demonstration of dishonoring God. Redefining marriage. Now God established uh, marriage as a man and a woman and now what they're doing is redefining marriage and saying nope we're going to decide what it is according to our interests and our needs and this is an affront on God. The reason it is, well it's one, God created, but you have to understand something. The doctrine of the Trinity is really an essential teaching and what we find is that the Trinity is necessary for uh, epistemological justification. That means uh, knowing things and rationality and, uh, and nature. I could get into some details, but I'm not. But the thing is that marriage is a reflection of the character of God. And because God is one and many, one being in three persons, and marriage is one union with two people, is a reflection of the one and the many. And in that in uh, the covenant, it's a tri triple covenant also between God and, and the couple, between the couple with the, the man and the wife and between the, the man and the wife and the community. And so within this, uh, man and wife, when they're married, they're, they're one flesh and yet they're two. There again is the issue of the one and the many. The singularity of God's essence that also is comprised of uh, multiple persons. And so we see in this the reflection of the marriage, the reflection of God's nature. And in that also is the means by which God has ordained that we carry out what's called the dominion mandate. The dominion mandate is to multiply and fill the earth. That can only be done through heterosexual relationships and, and uh, homosexuality and all of that um, undermines that. So it's actually an affront on God. Then there's this issue of gender confusion transgenderism, fluid genderism, and all this kind of stuff. LGBTQ, ABCD, EFG, and all of this stuff. Now what's happened is because, I'm going to see if I can get this off my chest to say this the right way and see if I can make it make sense. Because in the Trinity, the one being of God is equally ultimate to the plurality within his His essence. It's called the one and the many, the equality, the equal ultimacy. When we have them equal, then there's harmony. But when we take one above the other, then there's disunity. And the way it's done in, in our country is the particulars, the individuals, don't seek the unity that reflects God's character and his essence. But they seek the individuality 
found in the particulars or the many manifestations of their own individuality and they ignore the transcendent truths that are above them and so therefore what they do is they work against God and they start deciding truth for themselves that's why they redefine marriage and that's why they're in this gender confusion stuff because they deny the equal ultimacy of truth as a universal and the particular manifestations of truths because this can only be justified in the doctrine of the Trinity and without the doctrine of the Trinity pervading our culture then we can't have um, uh, a consistency of how unity uh, and plurality work in our society it, it, for me it's fascinating I see this more and more also there's uh, an issue of the increase of atheism uh, the promotion of LGBTQ uh, promotion of abortion, denial of absolute truth, the promotion of socialism, materialism as a philosophical means of fulfillment, uh, using God's name in vain, the idolatry of uh, giving uh, glory to objects and things in the creation instead of God. These are all things that we're doing in America. And here's one final thing we'll get to the caller. The Marriage Equality Act is actually in contradiction to the uh, Religious Liberties Act that has been uh, promoted and that they contradict each other. There have been uh, more and more um, laws being passed trying to bring equality. The Religious Freedom Amendment and uh, the Defense of Marriage Act are both trying to make official varying and contradictory morals in our country. What our country is doing is officially recognizing and approving of ungodliness and unholiness and making it official as the position of the United States. Judgment must come upon us for that. Yeah, I could talk about that quite a bit more. Let's get to Eli from Massachusetts. Eli, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt Slick, how's it going? It's going, man. Hanging in there, buddy. What do you got? Uh, just wanted to hear uh, thoughts on theonomy, and, and it's growing in a lot of reform circles. I'm not a theonomist, but uh, I'm a reformed Baptist, so okay. just wanting your thoughts on it. Well, um, I am reformed, and uh, I like some aspects of theonomy, and others I don't. I mean, because it's a broad topic. For those who don't know what theonomy is, theos, God, namos, law, God's law. And so it deals with the issue of having God's law inside of society. And I like that. But which laws? Do we stone homosexuals? Do we stone adulterers? Or do we not? And, and theonomy in the Old Testament, that was the case. So my question is, where do we draw the line? And I haven't seen or haven't read, not that they don't exist, good discussions on it. So I'm a little nervous about the idea of theonomy. Theonomy all has already existed in Israel, and it existed in Europe with the dominance of the Roman Catholic Church. And they weren't Christians, of course. They're just a fake church. But the thing is that when you have a theonomic system where unbelievers are in charge, like in the Roman Catholic Church, you end up with uh, death. And many, 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 many thousands were killed by the Roman Catholic Church for not supporting their theology, etc. So, you see, it's a it's a big topic. It's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, de de definitely. Um, 
obviously, like I, I think it overlaps a little bit with just regular covenant theology. Um, so that's why I think the, a lot of terms or definitions can get crossed over. Yeah, I agree. And, and I'm a covenant theologian. And uh, right. but see, the new covenant is written on our hearts. The old covenant yeah. was written on stone tablets, and that was the law. So in theonomy, how much of it is intended to be written on our hearts? First Timothy one nine says the law is for the ungodly. So how much law do we put? It's just not an easy question uh, to answer, and and it's not, you know. So right. I some yeah. of it I like, some of it I don't, you know. And what does that mean? Well, it means some I like and some I don't, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, another one. Another thing too. Just really quickly. Um, I, I I noticed too. I, I don't know if you have noticed this amongst reform circles where it's a thing where it's kind of an attack on complementarianism that, that some people are kind of saying about a, like a biblical patriarchy where complementarianism complementarian might not be enough anymore. Where you and I I, I, I I'm just kind of confused on it. Where I thought complementarian was biblical. Are you saying they're going egalitarian? Is that what you're saying? Some reformed are going egalitarian in the house. N- n- well, no, I, I just think I, I just think um, some reformed people are are against egalitarian so much where they're going more than complementarian, where they're they're uh, kind of li- limiting women more than what the scriptures are limiting. Yeah, limiting then, them. Yeah. I don't know if you understand. Yeah, I do. Um, what I say is, if you want to mess something up, you just need two things: people and time. And, you know, I'm Presbyterian, Reformed, Amil, and all this stuff, a Covenantalist, etc., etc. I think my theology is pretty darn perfect. Of course, uh, maybe it's not. And, you know, we have to be careful, because if we have a bunch of people who, well, just give enough time, they're going to mess it up. And yeah. women need to be, uh, they need to be praised, they need to be uh, exalted, but the man-woman roles, husband-wife roles, need to be differentiated. Uh, within the marriage context, right. and that has to begin with the Trinity. Definitely. And you're right; some can uh, just overdo it, you know, and, and it's yep. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, uh, but all right, Matt, like I appreciate it. Sure, Matt, no problem. Call back when you like that. That's good stuff. Okay. Yep. Thank you. God bless. All right. Yeah, there are some people uh, I've noticed who uh, want their wives only to stay home and take care of the kids. Now, that's between them and their Lord and how that's to be worked out. There are advantages to that, but some get a little bit legalistic about it. Uh, you know, My wife and I, when, when um, we had kids, she stayed home and I worked. And it was because we agreed that that was the best thing for the children. Now, we're not saying if you don't do it that way, you're wrong. We're just saying, for us, that was what we agreed was the best thing for our family and stuff. And we suffered financially because of it. We often uh, didn't have uh, enough to make ends meet. And yet we considered staying, her staying home to be more important than that, and we trusted God. Now, if you didn't do that, don't. I'm not drawing comparisons. I'm not saying, oh, you're not as spiritual as me. Don't. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm just saying my wife and myself, we discussed it, and that was a decision that we made. And we knew other couples, they're Christians, godly people, they didn't do that same thing. I never judged them. I never thought, oh, they should do it this way. Should I just? That's between them and God. It's none of my business. And uh, that's that was the attitude that my wife and I had. And that's the attitude I think Christians need to have one to another. And we want to make sure that we don't look down our theological snotty noses at other Christians because they're not as sanctified and as wise as we are. We need to be careful about that because that can be judgmentalism. 
and uh, we Christians can be as guilty as that uh, as others. Anyway, there you go. Hey, folks, remember we do need your support. Carm.org forward slash donate. Five dollars a month would be great, and it would be matched by matching funds drive for this month of December. May the Lord bless you by His grace. Um, we'll be on the air next uh, tomorrow. We'll see you. God bless everybody. Bye. Another program powered by the Truth Network.